Hello and welcome to episode 5 of Be A Bigger Fish. This is the podcast that explores the power of podcasting to grow your business or your community. I'm Debbie Aurelius, the host of Be A Bigger Fish. My guest this week is the wonderful Susan Heaton-Wright. Susan has an amazing life story. She made the transition from being a shy and quiet teenager through becoming an opera singer and now she's an entrepreneur with multiple businesses and she's a podcaster. I'm really encouraged by Susan's message that confidence and charisma can be learned and she teaches this through practical skills training and encouraging people to find their own voice. Susan has a really interesting take on the barriers that exist to becoming a bigger fish and I'll let you enjoy that as you reach it in the conversation. So let's get on with the podcast. So I'm really delighted to welcome Susan to the podcast today. Hello Susan. Hello, how are you? Oh, I'm really well, thank you. How are you? I'm fine, thank you, despite the rain. Oh, I know it's lashing down today, but, but yeah, we're all cheerful here, so that's super. Yeah. So I'm thrilled to be speaking with Susan. She's got an amazing career history. She's been an opera singer and also she ran a music performance business um, and she's currently running a business as an impact presence and speaking trainer. And Susan, I really love the messaging on your website because it's all about empowering people to find out how to get confidence to make their own voice heard, which is, I think, really inspiring. Thank you so much about that. I mean, it really, it relates to my own particular journey. You will probably have picked up on that at the website that I'm very honest that I was one of those kids that didn't speak up very much in class. Well, I did until, you know, bullying and adolescence and things like that made me become more introverted. But I realised looking back that I didn't have the skills or the mindset or the experience to do what I do now. So when I do work with clients, often they say, oh, well, it's easy for you. And I, I'm honest and say, well, you know, I was that kid at 16 who went to an interview at WH Smith and said nothing at the interview. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes, that's a, a wonderful message that it's really about mindset, skills, experience. You really can learn how to do the things that you I think you can. And, you, you know, that obviously there's a lot around mindset, around um, the Internet and a buzz around it. But you've still got to need to have the skills and you can build your confidence from experience. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely true. That's a super message. And so uh, what inspired you to set up the business that you're running now? Well, after I had been um, a singer and after I had my son, I was meeting people from completely different world than Planet Opera. Um, and um, they were men and women who were working in corporate or had done completely different things. And constantly they were saying to me, how is it that you can walk in a room and you've just got presence? How is it that you can project your voice so easily? How is it that you always look calm and collected? Um, well, half the time I didn't, but um, but I knew how to... How to make it. 
yeah, have, yeah. have to, I say fake it till you make it, but yeah. be able to um, hide that and have right. a performance. And so when Nick went to school, um, I set up two businesses, Viva Live Music, the, the music business, which I still run. Oh, right. um, yeah. And, um, and also the vocal coaching, uh, which was very much vocal coaching in the first instance. So in the first, for the first couple of years, I actually went into schools and helped teachers oh, okay. on their vocal health and, um, projecting their voice all of those sort of things because for teachers it's an occupational hazard yes I'm um, sure yes yeah. unfortunately that funding has really dried up mm. because they are so um pressed for finance they can't put the money into inset of, of this type which is a real shame mm. but um you know like any good business person you look around to see really what's working um what your real market could be and i went back to those conversations that i had with people when nick was very young and realized that there was another um you, you know another need and not just for vocal health the whole performance side um of communication so i've created my own business model superstar communicator which is related to all aspects of communication and with particular emphasis on spoken communication right i see and and i'm guessing that your history as an opera singer is a fantastic foundation for you to explain to other people how to use their voice in a Oh, absolutely. And the performance side, because, um, you know, the the actual thing of performing your body language, how you project the voice, how you listen to others, because, you know, from being a musician, that listening and knowing your audience and reacting with them. So it's a two way thing. Yes. Is a massive thing. And if you're able to understand that and unlock that potential, it means that your communication can be so much more powerful. Yeah, that's an excellent point, actually. And I think you know, when people have to give a, a talk, especially to a large group of people, they practice so hard on the content of the talk yes. and, and maybe how they're standing themselves. They forget the importance of the other people in the room sometimes. I, I think you're, you're right. And and it's such an interesting parallel with music because obviously yes. each music performance differs depending on the way the audience reacts it's definitely you know, it's... absolutely and also I do quite a bit of work with uh, one of the niches that I've found is accent calming and I don't mean to sound posh but particularly for <laughs> particularly for people who um perhaps English is not, not their native tongue mm. and they are you know, brilliant executives, but there is something that's stopping them from being the best version of themselves. And so I work on, obviously, on their pronunciation and um, their body language, because sometimes people, you know, from all different parts of the world, we have different mannerisms. And those mannerisms might be misconstrued by other people. And, and I'm sure people don't want that to happen but making sure that they are in line with what they say in English but one of the things getting back to music is that different languages have got a different rhythm to them a different 
melody. Yes. And um, it's, it's unlocking that knowledge of the English melody and rhythm so that it makes it clearer for people who are listening to you when you're speaking English. Yes, that, that, that's fascinating too. Um, and it, it's funny, uh, editing podcasts always makes me think of my musical training, interestingly yes. enough. Um, it, it's just those sound waves, isn't it? The sound waves of speech are so like the sound waves of music. Oh, so. absolutely. I mean, do you speak Welsh? I don't, but interestingly, <laughs> I had to go through my own accent calming phase when I uh, was early in my career. I, I had a very Welsh accent when I was young and my early part of my career was in Bristol where people struggled to understand my Welsh accent so I deliberately had to lose some quirks I suppose so yes, yes I had to go through some accent calming but that is an interesting thing because people often think of it as elocution and you're losing part of your authenticity mm-hmm. and I can understand that but if your audience doesn't understand what you're saying then yes that's going to be tricky. I'm sure that Billy Connolly, you know, when he first came on the scene as um, a comedian, he had a really thick Glaswegian accent. It's not like that now. And I'm sure that's partly to do with him becoming global. So he needed to modify things. Yes, I'm sure. So what motivated you to start podcasting? I was aware of it and I set up in 2015 so I was ahead of the game really I was aware that this was going on and felt that it really really aligned with the idea that um as I was a speaking trainer it was very much focusing on the voice which is one of the aspects of speech of course without um using visuals um, so you, ha- I, I would have to work harder on the voice to make it interesting. And by me doing that, I'd be walking the talk. Yes. If that true. makes sense. Yeah, absolutely I, makes sense. I very much wanted to do one about how you use spoken communication to build up your business, to build up your brand, to be an effective business owner, that sort of thing. And that's very much the way that I've done it. I think as time has evolved and because now I've, um, you know, I've got my my communication model with the same name, I will be doing more aspects of the whole range of communication. But that was my my initial thought. Yeah, that that's a. I, mean, I can totally see the logic of that. And besides from you know demonstrating what you do and walking the talk, as you said, did you have any hopes for what the podcast would achieve for you? Do you know, I'm, typical creative. <laughs> you know what I'm going to go on this one. <laughs> I didn't plan anything like that. I had no strategy. Brilliant. Come on. <laughs> I'm a muse. I no. deny it, but musicians say to me, oh, come on, you, you're a musician through and through. So, no, I had no plans. I'm sorry. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> you did it for the art and the love. Yeah, I did, actually. Yes. Yeah. And how has it worked out? Has it actually achieved anything for you aside from what you set out to achieve with it? Do you know, it's a really, really useful resource. Um, I'm sure that from the marketing background that you come from, people, um, you will be familiar with the idea of having content. Yes. 
um, of which podcasts are content. I, I do blog. I now I've got my when I get my new computer, I will be vlogging more as well, um, and, you know, creating those. Um, but I have been able to use those, say, within an automated um, email system or um, to contact somebody again and put an episode of the podcast in. I thought you might like to listen to this. But the biggest win for me, and this is in the last couple of weeks, I had somebody contact me from my contact form, kind of have a chat about something. So we arranged a chat. It turned out that she'd been on Facebook, even though she's a corporate, in the evening sort of mums who work, or I, I don't even know the group. And um, some there'd been a question about impact and things. Somebody had put an episode of my podcast on. Oh. I don't know even who it was. She listened to the podcast, went onto my website. I'm doing a a seminar in a multinational company in January. Wonderful. That's super. And they came to you. They came to me and that was, you, you know, you can't argue that it was anything but the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Demonstrating what I do in that way. So that's really, really interesting. That is interesting. And it's super that somebody's had the chance to listen to you and really get to know what your message is. And then they've already made that decision, haven't they? they... Yes, absolutely. So, um, you know, that that in itself is a good reason to do it yeah I, I totally agree I totally agree it's such an authentic way of reaching out to people because you're just telling them about you and and what you do and then if they like that wonderful you've already had that that sort of part of the decision effectively yeah. yes oh, well congratulations on that that's super how did you set about creating your podcast did you have a lot of training to do that or did you just no I didn't I I am pretty I was thinking about this I went on um, the Female Entrepreneur Association, lovely Carrie Green, um, who's absolutely wonderful. And I think that she did a webinar or had a guest speaker for a webinar on podcasting. And as a result of that, I, did, I thought, you know, this would be a really good thing for me. And um, actually, was it Melanie Duncan? It might have been. And there was a one pound book. And I procrastinated for a while, as one does, thinking all oh, the technical side. Mm. And then I thought, Susan, you know, just do it. Just <laughs> go ahead and do it, because otherwise you're going to regret it. So I did. And the technical side was easier than I thought. Really, the, the most difficult thing was aligning everything with iTunes. Right. Okay. But, yeah, just that little thing. Um, but after that, I and I do remember the first podcast. I was terrified because you are just speaking, and you have no idea if anybody's going to listen. So I to inter, I completely scripted it. Oh, I see. And I read it. <laughs> Listening back, the way I've evolved is great. You know, I have no. I I don't apologize or anything. I'm walking the talk. I'm demonstrating that I've evolved. But that first one, I do remember. 
And I, I, in that first podcast, I did explain that the journey that I'd been through with my speaking and communication. So yes, that was great. Yes. And what, what, was it anxiety about nobody listening? Or was it kind of anxiety about sort of putting your heart on your sleeve and, and putting it out there for people to listen, do you think? I think it was the latter, really. Would that, you know, that little voice that goes through your mind, you know, am I being a bit vain about this? Am I being egotistic? Really, will anybody in, be interested? Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? These little things that go through our mind that can be limiting beliefs. And yet, you, you know, as, I, as I've seen it, is a really good resource. Yes. I, you know, I, I, I love that you use that phrase, limiting beliefs. That's something that I've explored um, through my career, too. And you're so right. We all have that voice inside that says, don't do it. Nobody will listen to it. You'll be hopeless. You'll stumble. So what would be your advice for overcoming that? What is the worst thing that could happen? Hmm. And I say that to myself, I say that regularly to my son. And now he says to me, nobody died. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Yes. What is the worst thing that's going to happen? You are not going to be thrown into jail for doing a podcast that is, that, that you know, obviously if it's very offensive, but I cannot believe that any of your listeners would be going down that route at all. You know, of course not. But, um, you know, if, it, if it's something that you're passionate about and is legal, then what have you got to lose? Yeah. But absolutely. what I would say is that you are, I've seen a number of people that have set up a podcast and after five or six, they give up. Okay. What do you think that's down to? I think that, you know, there's that initial, oh, this is great. Hmm. But... But actually, it takes a long time to build up an audience. And um, certainly in my case, I see it as a resource as well as it being out there. So it's kind of a record for you too, as well as yes. it's fresh content, as well as it's a way for you to communicate with your current audience, your potential audience. So. Absolutely. Yeah, it serves all those purposes. So yes, I've yeah, seen this. So it's a bigger picture. I think that we can all go for the idea oh well I've got x number of downloads this week I've got this many followers as you as one can do with any social media but it's a bigger picture than that and yes. you as a marketeer would understand that yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. having scripted your first episode and got <laughs> got that one done mm. what, were the, what was the sort of process of evolution for you as you sort of settled into your podcasting well, I started to think about themes and related to the topic and current affairs. So um, I'm absolutely certain that I will have done some about uh, the general election and how the um, politicians performed and listening skills and all things like that. But also I decided on, on occasions to have guest guests as well yes yeah and um that is great because you get perspective from somebody else i'm maybe i'm sounding like a diva but i but there are a couple that i have not used 
in one instance, the person kept repeating his own book, trying to push his own book. And it was almost like a sales pitch. So I said to him at the end, I'm really sorry, but I can't use this because I don't believe that it will be of value to my um, my audience. And, you, you know, I've given you a little a time at the end to plug and I will send that out to all of the people as well but it doesn't make an interesting podcast. So certainly if you're a guest on somebody else's podcast, behave. That's good advice. I, I tell my clients actually that it's not a channel for infomercials it, because no. it's so off-putting. <laughs> People know if it's an infomercial and you know, it, that's really not what it's about. It's No, know, it's, it isn't. It's a way to engage with people genuinely. So absolutely, and then at the end, you know, if you do have an offer or you've got an ebook or something like that, then you know that that's lovely to be able to offer, and then that's a way you can engage with that person. Yeah, totally. Yeah, mm, interesting. So yes, I've heard some of your podcasts where you've spoken with guests. Actually, I think you have a really lovely um, manner when you're chatting with people they always seem quite lively conversations oh thank you so. you know it's lovely that you say that and consistently people have said oh you're a really good interviewer and and, and I've learned that it's something else I've learned didn't know I had that ability but just by doing the podcast I've pushed myself and opened up new new um skills this is it yeah everything that you try brings something new with it doesn't it yeah so, yeah did, did you um sort of try to acquire interviewing skills or has that evolved as you've been that is a, that has very much evolved mm, that's interesting another string to your yes. bow okay. <laughs> hmm. have you had any difficult moments with the podcast or any bloopers or any sort of um setbacks that you've had to overcome um I mean, as I said, that there were a couple of interviews that I had that I really couldn't use them. Mm -hmm. And there have been a couple of people who have demanded to go on my podcast. You demanded? Know, yeah, very much demanded. And um, I know it sounds silly, um, or perhaps diva-like on my part, but I know what I'm trying to achieve from my podcast. Of course. And... Um, you know, if if it sort of, if I feel that I'm put in a corner by somebody to d demanding to be on a podcast, what are they going to be like to be interviewed? Yes, that's an interesting approach, actually. Um, do you think that somebody's demanded to be on your podcast? Oh, <laughs> Quite yes. surprising. And, yes, but I I I'm not sure if you've downloaded the ebook that I've done about being a good guest on a podcast. I listened. That's the first podcast I listened to actually is how to be a good guest. I thought this is absolutely wonderful. Here's somebody who's, who knows how to be a good guest and has actually spoken about it. So yes, I've listened to it, but no, I didn't, I uh, didn't download, I didn't download the ebook actually. Yes. But, um, because that does that as well. And, you know, I give good tips about that. That, that's actually a really helpful resource and I, I'll put a link to that um, in the Thank show you. Notes. Yes, I'll send a link to that because, you know, you, know, you can download it and then find out more about the podcast because all podcasters want um, people to interview, but, the, you know, there are some rules, aren't there? 
there are and when there's general etiquette like not demanding yes. to be on someone's podcast to begin yes. with but yes there are there are and um I think one of the the lovely things about podcasting is it's great when you speak to other podcasters ah oh, um, that is even better there's a real buzz yeah and you just know that the other person podcasts as well because you, you you've got a vibe it's very exciting it is actually yes yeah, it's, it's becoming a real sort of like cross section of society with people you know from all kinds of industries and backgrounds and that sort of Definitely. thing but, but yeah united in this passion for good microphones and <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's really interesting. Yeah. So um, looking back over the evolution of your your podcast style and series, what do you wish you'd known when you started out that you know now? I think that looking back, if I had come up with a plan, (laughs) 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 but I would always say that um, rather than, you know, the, the creative approach, because there are some people who have really targeted iTunes to make sure that they're in the you know top top people for um for their type of podcast in the first few weeks and for the first few weeks of iTunes you you can get promoted and uh, new podcast all of that side um because then it would have gained more traction with that um if I'm perfectly honest it but there's an element of it being a vanity thing, right? Being a creative, I'm sort of <laughs> just going with the flow on that. And I think also um, I would have invested in a better microphone earlier on because the microphone I've got on my computer, it's an internal one um, and it's very good. But listening back, it was a little bit boomy, whereas the one that I've got now, it, it's... Um, it's better okay so I guess just investing in a microphone would be yeah I mean you know the microphone I've got is one of those um snowball ice ones um and it's less than a hundred pounds so it's not a massive investment yeah exactly yeah yeah and and you know you can I because I'm a Mac user you can get garage band it's part of the package and that's free yes yeah um, so really, I can't think of any other ways that I could have, have imp- it, you know, done things differently. Yeah, because it, it's gone so well, um, you know, from its beginnings, which is super. Yes. Yeah. So do you have plans for the podcast now or are you just allowing it to grow organically? Well, I've had a break from it, um, but I will do some more this month. At the beginning of 2019, I'm going to do some series on specific things related to the superstar communicator so that that um, I gain clarity for my listeners about that. I think also what I'm going to do is to record them like this on zoom so that I can do a vlog version as well. So it's um, a visual as well as an audio. So multi-channel. And I believe that that will be of value to people that it will reach different audiences um so those two really are the 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 two major things i'm sure and and also when i see things that are going on in the world you know there's going to be a general election sooner or later isn't there yes yeah you know i think i've got to build up to that because there are always some 
fantastic podcasting and blogging opportunities for a laugh and just to observe and learn. Yes. Yeah. And to share to the way that you see things, you see things through a pretty unique filter because of yes. the background and the skill set that you have. And and just, you know, sharing that perspective through that filter, I think. is Yes. And people yeah. enjoy that. Absolutely. You can, have, you can have fun with that. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's the great thing. If you're having fun, it's, you know, it's much more likely that it's going to be fun for people listening. So, yes. Yeah, the, you know, the idea about being a bigger fish. Yes. One thing that I'm working on, you know, a lot of us are working on playing bigger, being bigger fish. And it can be really interesting when we step up um, to that next level and then we get a no and we accept a smaller version of that. And this is something that happened to me recently. I, I think I should podcast about it, actually. I will do it when it's not so noisy. Um, I applied to be a trustee, an organisation, which I won't say, but it was a very good alignment for my experience, my expertise, my qualification, you know, everything. Yeah. And I wasn't shortlisted. No problem, because it's entirely up to them who they choose to be shortlisted however they emailed me and said we'd like to keep in touch with you so that you can be a volunteer and get involved in fundraising okay yeah yeah so that's going back yes yes now a few months ago I would thought oh that would be nice that'd be nice to get involved in that and I thought no I applied to be a trustee Mm. with that prestige that responsibility Mm. um and so I said no i I applied to be a trustee and it felt awkward I have to admit yes yeah but I was right to do that yes and so often we we think right we're going to be courageous and step up to that and then don't get it so we go backwards we accept something that's not quite as good yeah, that's true, actually. I don't know if I've ever thought about it in that way before. It's a really interesting It just way. hit me, you know, when that all happened. I thought, oh, gosh, this is really, really interesting. That is interesting. So what, what will, you, will you do next? Will you apply to be a trustee there again or to be a trustee somewhere else? Oh, well, you know, I've already been a trustee at another charity. Uh-huh. So, um, you know occasionally people do ask me if I'd like to be born but I'm just being open-minded when the right thing comes up to do that sort of work again I will I'll find it and there's always a reason why these things don't don't take off yeah that's true that's but, true um you know putting in my mind actually I'm at this level now I do my other volunteer work but this is this is the level I'm working at. It's probably one of those invisible processes that happens to all of us, you know, that keeps us from achieving things. And then we blame ourselves, don't we? We say, yeah, yeah. They, they were right not to give me that. So in connection with being a bigger fish, it's as much about your mindset and having some resilience around that. So if you decide, yep, yeah, I'm ready to be a bigger fish, don't let the way that that's received push you back to being the size you were before. Is that... yes. And it can be very easy. I, I'm sure you, well, maybe you haven't been in this situation, but I have. And you sort of get the consolation. Oh, well, yes, that, that'd be nice. Thank you. Absolutely. And actually, that's, you know, then you're not playing bigger. 
Yeah, that's so true, actually. That's such a good point to raise. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's not just about how you decide to proceed. It's how you respond then to the way people react to you once you've made that decision and taken that step. So yes, and having the confidence to be able to say, well, I've already got these skills. No, 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 no. But it, there's a huge thing around this for bigger fish, isn't there? There is actually, there is. And, you know, we've, we've mentioned mindset. We've also mentioned limiting beliefs. And I think that plays into those limiting beliefs, doesn't it? If somebody offers you the consolation prize, that plays really nicely alongside that message in your mind, which is you're probably not quite ready for this. And you probably, yes. need, you probably need to read a few more books before you take this yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I know that I was quite clear that that's not the case for me. There were the, the little voice for me because I haven't been in corporate. Oh, they wanted a corporate. I've run my own business. Yeah. I've, you know, I've, I've worked with multinational companies through my businesses. Extraordinary mm. experience that most corporates wouldn't get. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And, and that, um, the confidence that you need to stand on your own two feet and run your own business is. Oh uh, gosh. Yes. Could do a whole podcast about that. Yes. Yeah. So if people want to find you, as I'm sure they will, where's the best place for somebody to come and find you? Oh, there are, there are several places. My name's Susan Heaton-Wright and my website is executivevoice.co.uk. Um, I will send the link to you, Debbie. Yeah, for, thank you. If, if people want to have the ebook, actually there are two ebooks. There's one, Being a Great Communicator and the one about being a guest podcaster because yes. that's, you know both of them are invaluable um if you want to connect with me on linkedin there's only one susan heaton right i know we're connected yes. and i always welcome connections from people from people because it's lovely to connect with different people my podcast is superstar communicator which is on itunes yeah lovely so yeah I, I just want to say a massive thank you for um chatting today you've shared so much insight it's been fantastic oh, that's my pleasure i've been scribbling some notes and i'm gonna <laughs> go away and read about so that's brilliant it's been really inspiring thank you oh it's been my pleasure thank you very much for inviting me oh pleasure thank you I'd like to say another warm thank you to Susan for sharing so much insight and being so honest with us. It's not often you get to make a podcast with a person who's written the ebook about how to be a podcast guest, so that was a really special experience. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation and if there's anything in there that you think somebody you know could benefit from, then please share this podcast with them. We'd be delighted if you subscribed and we hope you'll join us next week when I've got another really fascinating conversation lined up for you. In the meantime, you can find the link to Susan's ebook or to Susan's podcast and some more information about us if you look up our website at beabiggerfish.net. Thanks so much for listening and we hope to see you again soon. Bye.